morning. Okay, uh, I'm going to get started now. Okay, hello. Hope everyone's doing well this morning. Um, I want to welcome you to Karen Rice's Family Zoom Station. This is uh, episode six, Homeschooling Today, Solutions. Okay, so welcome to Karen Rice's Family Zoom Station. During the first part of this one-hour show, I share tips and strategies that create harmony with kids. Then we open things up for Q&A and discussion. Two weeks ago, it was suggested that we address the topic of homeschooling, especially since almost every parent is a homeschooling parent these days. It was also suggested that I share ways to ease some of the problems that have come up because of this situation. Last week, I shared a few strategies to reduce the stress and overwhelm you might be experiencing because of the unusual situation of all of you staying home together. What I want to share today is because of one thing that came up during Barda Allen's presentation. That is the concept of trusting kids. Put this to use and feel an enjoyable sense of ease in your life. It turns out that this is an outcome of using the one rule. Here's a short review of the one rule and some supportive elements. Kids have a very important job to do as important as any job on earth. It's their job to create an adult, the adult they become. One of our jobs is to help them do this and hopefully do an excellent job of it. The one rule helps this happen. It is distilled from over 47 years of focused attention, observation, experimenting, inspiration and caring. 
That's why experiencing, understanding, and using the one rule is so important. The one rule helps kids follow their developmental blueprint. Kids are equipped with a developmental blueprint which dictates how to accomplish things like walking, talking, and all that we must conquer as we grow up. This developmental blueprint with its inner motivation ensures that a child masters certain abilities. A child must do what their blueprint dictates. Here is the one rule. To raise happy kids and to be happy yourself, make sure that all involved agree with each decision. I know it sounds too simple. It is simple. But this is how I raised my kids once I decided never to force them to do what they did not want to do. This was how I treated the kids I worked with. For short, the one rule equals agreement. And here are beliefs that support the one rule. We are each important. We each deserve to feel good. There is a way to find agreement. You don't have to accept these beliefs to be able to use the one rule. But as you use the one rule, you discover that you are using them. Just as you discover that you trust your kids, even if you did not start out trusting them and their decisions. Using the one rule automatically brings about trusting and trustworthiness. Mm -hmm. Benefits of trust. Trusted children develop into trustworthy children. It is so exciting to trust children and to have them prove that your trust in them was warranted. Perhaps not the first try or even the third, but then how often among humans is the first try the only one needed to achieve competency? As you watch for it and expect to see it, evidence of trustworthy behavior, you see it more and more. Trustworthy kids are a joy. You know they've learned a lot about what's good for them and what's not. Also, since you trust them, they can't help but trust your good judgment and come to you easily when they need help. Steps toward trusting. What if you're afraid to trust your child's judgment? You may have good reasons for this. However, you can move from where you are to where you want to be, trusting them because they've proven themselves trustworthy. You could start with small, safe situations. Discuss this process with them. Tell them you want to be able to trust their decisions. Make sure they agree that this is a good idea. Use the one rule. Now you can both learn what you need to learn. 
they can learn to be trustworthy and you can learn to trust them. It's good for you both to practice. Keep this going. It might be more effective, though it might be more difficult for you to start with something that means a lot to your child. Discuss it thoroughly. Make sure you both understand how you want it to go. They are likely to make their greatest efforts to be successful if it is something they really want to happen. Eventually, you'll be able to trust them and they'll prove themselves worthy of that trust. Then, even if things don't go as you both intended, you'll both know that they've done their best to be trustworthy and there is no reason to stop trusting them. Here are a couple of stories about situations that taught me some lessons about trusting kids. The first lesson taught me that trusted kids live their truth. I call this the roof jumper. At Children's House, our Montessori preschool, we had a low shed over the tricycles to protect them from the weather. One day, one of the four or five-year-old boys figured out how to climb on the roof and was getting ready to jump off. I rushed over to him to stop him. He told me that he did this at home all the time. I decided to trust him and stood by to be available. He did fine. Other boys came over to join in. This is a picture of the, the main building at the school, by the way. One tried and decided against it. More than one boy decided not to climb up and jump. A few did it, no one got hurt. They all got to be trusted with something very challenging and they all got to make the right decision for themselves. In the Poison Oak lesson, I learned that sometimes trusting is the only choice that makes any kind of sense. One of my assistants at Children's House walked with a small group of kids to take a couple of them to the school bus out on the main road. When they got back, she told me that while she was getting the kids on the bus, one of the little girls had convinced the other kids to pick poison oak leaves and rub themselves with the leaves. The girl told the others that nothing would happen to them. I panicked. I wished that we had a bathtub so they could all be washed, but we didn't. I began washing one child's hands and arms and realized that this was an impossible task. We had a tiny child-sized sink and there were about six kids. I decided that if they believed that nothing was going to happen, I would believe that too. 
I would trust their decision. That's what I did. And nothing came of it. No cases of poison oak. Here's another picture of uh, beginnings. So um, thanks for being here. I'm glad you're all here. Uh, and now it's time for Q&A and discussion. Karen, can you hear me? Yes. Hi. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, is there a place where this is actually recorded and you can look over the slides? Yes. Or can um, you put the slides up? I'd like to kind of go back. I had a question, but I wanted to read the slide, but maybe. Sure. I don't know. If I could do that. Let's okay. see. Okay. Um, screen share. Like on the side or something. Oh, okay. Wait, I know what to do. Then we could see people. All right. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh-oh. I think it was in the beginning when you said the children are about to serve. Wait, let me, I'm gonna have to stop this. And we'll try again. Um, Okay, it's going now. I mean, I'm, I'm making it go. So just let me know when you're ready for me to stop it. Oh, we can't see it. Karen. Oh, you can't? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no wonder nobody's saying anything. Let's see. Okay. All these technical difficulties. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to screen share again oh wait i'm wondering if if i should um and then sarah's picture disappeared okay
All right, now I'm gonna, um, oh, yeah. Sarah, are you there? Hmm. Okay. Well, I can share it once once she comes back. Um, so but then the question was, how do we access the recording? Right. Well, I have um, I have uploaded it to YouTube and I'm going to be getting instructions today about what to do next. So, hi, Sarah. Hi, sorry. We, oh, okay. Um, and I will, I will either message or email all of you okay. about how to do that. So I have at the moment I've uploaded last week's. Um, I have one more recording, so I'll do that too. But I wanted to find out all the details of what's involved in that. So like where to put it and because um, it's there already, but I just, I'm just not sure what to do with it now. So so that you can access it. Okay, well, we would just, I guess, check your, your name and then we find it. Uh, right now you wouldn't, it's uploaded, but it's not in any place that anybody can see it, not even me. Oh. Um, so, but I, I'm going to, well, I'm supposed to be getting instructions today, so I should be able to get to that today. And I will also then be able to um, to do today's because it's getting recorded also. Awesome. So, okay, Sarah, you wanted to uh, check out a slide? Yeah, it's okay. I, I, it was basically just about the um, uh, point that children deserve to be trusted. And um, I guess there's always been this kind of uh, default mechanism of adults that feel like they have to um, override any decision from a child. But I right. really like You froze up, your sound froze up. Your picture froze too. Yeah, it's like, uh, of course the parent thinks of the worst case scenario in any situation, whereas the child is not thinking that way. Right. I did find, well, with, I did find with my five boys uh, that, you know, just letting them, you know, make decisions about whether they want to walk on the wall or jump off the roof was, you know, just leave it up to them and they 
pretty much had a good sense. And uh, mostly uh, no one got broken arms or too much, had a few injuries. But I really liked that. Uh, I've never tried those kind of, my internet is really bad. Um. It's what? Couldn't hear you, Sarah, you're a little bit fuzzy. Yeah, the, yeah, I think she's, her connection is bad somehow or her internet or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's what I've found. Um, I, I realized long ago that, that we're conditioned and this is, this is not just here. Um, it's true in India. Um, the, all the places that I've been, I've noticed this. Um, I was telling someone there was one place I've been that I did not notice this um, distrusting whatever kids say that they couldn't really know what they're talking about. Uh, that one place was uh, watching the the Indians in Oaxaca. Uh, they were very smooth and very um, there. Just there was like this easygoing relationship that I mean, I, you know, I didn't see that much, but what I did see was remarkable to me. Um, yeah, I, I worked with natives, Native Americans, and I saw that very much. That there was a, a real trust between the parents and the children. It was quite beautiful. Yeah, yeah it is. It is. Sarah knows she's she's part Native. <laughs> ah. <laughs> wow. Okay, we, we lost her still. I know. Oh, you're going to come back, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. I see you. Ah, okay. good. <laughs> Can you see me? Oh, there you uh, go. Briefly, briefly. I'm back. Now I'm you sorry, uh, your name and your voice. I'm gonna try to get. I'm gonna try to get to a different room, because uh, the internet where I am is really bad. So I'll be right with you. Okay. I apologize. Be right there. No problem. Of course, the downsize is, you know, years later, I hear all these stories <laughs> of things that the boys did. Oh. It was, I was losing you a lot last week. You were going in and out. Yeah, I just was saying that years later, they did this. Good thing I wasn't there. Uh -huh. I would have put a stop to it right away. Huh. Sorry, I have to do this Zoom call in here. Sarah doesn't realize that she's uh, live. Interesting. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. 
I liked your slides, my dear. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that that last that last little bit where you were those kids got into the poison oak leaf. Yes. And how you just sort of went, oh, I'm just going to trust that everything's going to be okay. I, you know, damn, I don't know if I could have been like that. It, when I realized that there was no way, no way I could deal with them in a way that logically would result in, yes, I know that this is taken care of. It was uh -huh. like too big. It, it was, because I wasn't there. I didn't even see what happened. I just got the report. It was like either that or totally freak out. And I didn't want to totally freak out. <laughs> so it was like, all right, <laughs> you got this. Okay, you got this, you know. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to work. And, and it did. Oh, cool. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, because the other, and the thing is, if I had, if I had freaked out anyway and told everybody about it, it would have been a big mess. Probably yeah. everybody would have come down with terrible cases of poison oak and, yeah. you know, but then I've thought of this over the years, like, I thought, well, maybe they were using a different leaf. And, but, but the, my assistant lived there. She knew what was up. It's not like she would, right. you know, so then I scratched that idea. And, um, I mean, it could be that all those children weren't allergic to poison oak, but that's not so likely, uh, because a lot of people in that area end up with poison oak. So it's not so likely that that particular group would have ended up that way. I don't, I'm not sure what happened, but I do know it turned out well. Okay. So, so that's been my inclination when, when something is beyond what I can actually make happen um, uh -huh. is to, trust that it's okay so that's quite remarkable like now yeah <laughs> years ago my fa my father was not allergic to poison ivy and years ago and one summer day he he and his friend who was from england decided they were going to pull all the poison ivy out of our property and the friend said oh i, I never get poison ivy of course, he's from England. They don't have poison ivy. So wow. time, his friend ended up in the hospital. Wow. Yeah, they, it, they can, things like that can be serious. Poison oak, too. I've heard of, of terrible things happening with people and poison oak. Yeah. Even my son, used, I think, I don't know if he still does, but maybe because he's real careful. But um, but he gets poison oak, and so we had to to deal with that. And my uh, ex husband also. So 
anyway, but this group where it worked out. <laughs> powerful mind. <laughs> <laughs> what? I think powerful mind. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> that sounds <I> cool. <laughs> I think there is a lot to that um, powerful mind um, aspect because I remember I was in Oregon with my family and uh, visiting an old school friend of my mom's. We were all playing on a rope swing and we didn't know we were in the middle of a bunch of poison oak, but uh, we were having a great time. And then one of us got symptoms, but then we all started scratching. And it was really funny because I didn't really have any symptoms until I started scratching because uh, my brother was scratching. So I was like, oh, wow. Is it, you know, so I started scratching and then we all came out with it. But wow. Like, uh, Interesting. Even right now in, in this pandemic, you know, the first couple of weeks, there was a, a lot of hypertension, you know, and I had a lot of uh, bronchitis and I had, I was using my inhaler and I, after a while, I just had to, I had to take a break and I had to get a lot of rest and I, I got over it through, through actually getting sick. I got a headache with the dizziness and stuff and I got sick. But then when I got out from being sick, I didn't need any, any inhaler. I didn't need any, I didn't have any bronchi. It was, a, I think there's a lot to hypertension. And I think what you did sure. with that situation mm -hmm. is boost their belief in you know, that, that this is fine, you know, or that they're not going to, of course, medically, you can't really say that's going to happen every time. But I think there's instances, even just the other night, I was at the kitchen sink and my husband had a really bad case of hiccups. And I was really fighting not to get the hiccups because I knew if I was just going to laugh along with him and he was doing them louder than necessary, <laughs> kind of like uh, playing it up. I knew I would just get the hiccups. And so I just, you know, shielded myself and, you know, breathed normally. It's like, I am not getting the hiccups no matter how much he's hovering over me, joking around. You know, he's, I'm doing the dishes. He's standing there hiccuping right behind me. <laughs> you know, he was having fun. We were joking. We were laughing. But I knew I would just start having the hiccups. So, you know, there's, I think there's some little bit of that mind Mind power. Right. Well, with the children, there was only that one girl that I actually tried to clean up at all. And she was like totally relaxed. I mean, there was no, she was like, you know, sure, you want to wash my hands? Fine. <laughs> you know, you want to do that. Anyway, and, but I didn't relate to any of the other children at all. So <clears throat> whatever they did um, was on their, out of them, you know, whatever, however their life unfolded, it was out of them. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess my, my opening up to it, uh, to what they had decided um could have been helpful other the the opposite of it would definitely not have been helpful so anyway it was pretty interesting situation to be put into 
Right. Now on your slides, you know, some people will say, well, trust has to be earned. But well, if you want to go down that route, I, I last night I started writing about um, the parent being trustworthy because I didn't bring that up at all. <clears throat> and since the adult is the model for the children to learn, because otherwise we'd all be born speaking whatever we speak and being able to do whatever we do. But since we are not, and we have to learn all this because we could be born into a culture that does things in a certain way, speaks a certain language and whatever. So in that case, the people that are already there and specifically the, the family, the adults in the family that the child's born into, they are the models. So if they want trustworthy children, they need to be trustworthy models. Like if they want their child to always um, do what the child says they're going to do, then they have to make sure that that is the norm of their behavior, that, um, that they model that, that that's just the way people live. And anyway, so I, 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 I had started writing about this, but I didn't get all the way into it. I was thinking of maybe doing some more today on that topic. Yeah, that would be a whole nother topic. Yeah. Certainly worthy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like what you said. Yeah, how important trust is. Yeah, and and the thing that like like the the boys jumping off the roof, and there were no girls that came to join this group. Um, that because I'd I'd given them this open field of, and and you know that. It, it only covered tricycles. I mean, it was, it was like, I don't know. I think it was more than five feet high, but it wasn't like, you know, seven or eight or, you know, it was just for tricycles. So um, anyway, because I'd, I'd opened this up, because I trusted that first boy to be speaking his truth, um, all the others got that same openness uh, for them to live out their truth. And they, you know, nobody had to, to try to prove anything to anybody. Just, um, they were just 
doing what was true for them. And some of them wouldn't did just they went over to to try and do the climbing onto the top of the roof, but they decided, nah, that's not that's not for me. And so they didn't, and there was no problem with them not doing it, just mm -hmm. as there was no problem with those who did want to. So and it worked out well. And I've thought back over all my years of working with children and there were no serious injuries when I was working there. So, and I'm sure that if there had been, it would, I just thought this right now, it would have stuck in my mind just as these stories stuck in my mind. Um, so, yeah. Can I ask another question? Of course. About, um, when you're talking about like living out your truth, I mean, there's a lot of stories um, we have in my family about things we did when we were kids. And um, it, uh, you know, it, it just, I don't want to take a lot of time with the stories and things because I think behind all of that, what you're mentioning about living out your truth, um, I feel like there must be something about um, the creative process and the freedom of expression that um, kids really need, you know. And we, like exactly what the very beginning was, that that child's job is to create that adult, you know, to a right. functioning, caring, mm -hmm. loving, um, uh, thinking, you know, adult, you know. So those creative experiences as a child, uh, being allowed that expression and that following your truth, following your, your, your gut, your instincts, you know, what is what is doable, what's not doable. Like you said, you know, maybe the shed you could jump off of, but the, but the roof of the bigger building, you no, know, I'm not going to do that, you know, because right. there's, but, but then that child inside their own vision, inside their own being, they feel the, the difference, what they right. understand right. is safe and what they understand is not safe. Right. Um, For them. So, right. Right. So, um, I think that kind of self-awareness uh, and trust, in, in, like, because I think that they, they develop a certain trust in their own understanding, your own belief, uh, you know, um, what's, what's the right word? Their, their own guidance, their own internal guidance. Yes. And they, they can kind of believe in themselves. Yes. If they're always being told what's correct and what's not correct, and and what's um i mean of course you know in some kind of culture what's acceptable and not acceptable that's manners right <laughs> that's manners we can we can understand that but there is a is there's a difference you know and can you explain that kind of difference because maybe manners can go a little bit too far far children should be seen and not heard or you know those kinds know. of stifling <laughs> things um but at the same I was time, raised you don't with want that. Right. And, and, but I think there's a kind of a balance, you know, because we don't want to be able to 
you know, invite company over and people are just running around and crawling under the table and people are trying to eat and, you know, we want some sort of, of um, discipline, you know, but uh, in, in, in a balanced kind of way. Right, right. And, and respect, you know. Yeah, that's that's one thing uh, with uh, my Montessori background, uh, because we we learn about actually demonstrating um, manners. For example, we call it social behavior, and um, the kids really loved that. They really loved practicing these things these little um little elements of an interaction which when it goes by so fast you can miss the parts of it that that make it what it is and um i'm not i'm not sure if i told this story before about uh um only Leslie would have heard if I did uh, the story about the children who were, we did a, a, a demonstration on, because we were noticing that people would push each other out of the way a lot. And like if they wanted to go out or come in, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do anything with manners in terms of getting where they wanted to go. So we did a demonstration of, um, excuse me, may I go by? And they loved it. And they, after we finished the, the demonstration, they took it on and they practiced it over and over and they took turns being the one to say it being the person in the way um and until i mean it it went on and on i i mean i i don't know if it went on half an hour but let's say at least 15 20 minutes of over and over and taking turns and um and then all of a sudden they were done like okay you know we got this and so then that became more what was practiced um and so that gave them and and another time uh there was one little boy who whenever he would see me in the morning he would just like body slam me and so I, I, um, I, of course, would say good morning to him. And I suggested to him that he could just say, you know, good morning. And he was like, so happy. He was little. And he just hugged me like super tight. And then he did that. And it didn't, um, you know the body slamming stops so um because the i mean this particular child was not taught at home about uh using words or things like that self-control uh, yeah and definitely the father was not an example of self-control 
uh, the mother probably what was. what age were the children generally and uh, the age the the youngest child that could join was two and a half and they most of the children stayed through um, like five and F, in first grade they went into uh, Skyfish, which was the elementary program that got developed. And those buildings at the end, um, that was mostly it was the octagon that was uh, is the community center up there now. Um, mm -hmm. And but it didn't exist when we first moved up there. We were part of that the creation of that whole thing. That's kind of what I what I felt when I was doing the daycare here in Las Vegas in uh, 2016. Um, it was really moving to me how sensitive the three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds, especially oh, four-year-olds, sure. I think, to other people's feelings. And then they empathize so, like, instantly empathize with someone else's feelings. So when you explain about, excuse me, may I go by? They, are so um, excited about it because they're recognizing ah, what I did makes that kid feel like that. And if I do this, it makes them feel different, you know, and mm -hmm. they get excited mm -hmm. about it. Of course, maybe in a group, you have people's attention more because you get to take turns, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, they get it quick and they're, they're ready to move on. They, they don't want to hear a long lecture about it. Right. You know, it starts to make them feel bad. Wow. But yeah. I think the older yeah. kids, like six or seven, they've moved on to things like, um, you know, math or, or other things that they're so curious about that the other person's feelings, they kind of get it, but sometimes they're already getting into like um, competition and fighting and things like that, that it kind of, it kind of blocks that that super empathy that that they had when they were younger not blocking it but it's um i'm not so, sure i mean really interested in this but i think different levels the uh, ages like you're talking about the uh, blueprint of development right so yeah yeah there's different things that that automatically pull our focus and our attention. Um, I, one couple of things came to mind during this, and that is two-year-olds are also extremely open to how other people are feeling. And um, uh, especially like I, I've noticed over the years uh, that when somebody's unhappy or something like that a two-year-old will uh the or a two-year-old in their life will go over and and comfort them do whatever they could to comfort them um and i gave a a workshop to um an element to skyfish the to their six they, they're six through, um, let's see, 
fifth grade, sixth grade. So six through 11, 12. Anyway, and one thing that came up um, was one of the younger boys was talking about having trouble with some of the other kids. And when it was suggested, um, well, it was, it was asked, like I asked, well, did you ever tell them? And it was like a whole world opened up for him in that moment because he, it was like an avenue that he had never pursued and he had never even thought of pursuing. But it seemed to him, yeah, that, that could take care of it. And other children were agreeing that, that letting other people know what you need, what you want. Uh, what you like, what you don't like, sharing, communicating with other people could make a big difference. So, um, so sometimes, a, a lot of times, I would say that is one of the problems is that um, they don't, they'd never been specifically offered a skill and what they saw around them wasn't clear enough uh, in terms of a guidance, like how it's done, that they couldn't take it and use it because it, it just was n not that clear and specific, like first this, then that. Oh. It wasn't encouraged. That also, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Never, not, not, not put out like, you know, here's something you can do about that. Um, and let's practice it. That's even better. So that's like with a lot of the manners and things, if they get practice, that's even better Then the, there it's like more a part of them than if somebody just says you know don't do this do that or don't do this is way more common than do this stop that is more common then okay well what do i what do i do to get to get where I want to go and do what I want to do, so. Did you still want to see uh, the slide, Sarah? Um, did you say everything was going to be on YouTube? I was coming in yes. and out of the internet. I'm, that, I'm going okay. to put it up. Yeah. Uh, okay. Someone's going to show me how to do it today as far as I know. So, um, okay. That would be wonderful. I, I did talk a lot this morning with Wendy Hurstein and, uh, her daughter-in-law has a degree in preschool education and oh, she right. takes care of uh, Sunday school children, um, Onka and Josh Hurstein. So they're interested, but right now Onka's working uh, full time at a market, and uh, Josh has also, I believe, went back to work. But they were, I think, they'd be very happy to see things on YouTube. Um, okay. You know, 
or of course live if it's uh, on a on a time when they can fit it in. Right. But right. Yeah. Josh okay. also went to Montessori when he was young, and Wendy was hoping to find out from you. Do you know any Montessori uh, resources here in Las Vegas that are not uh, hugely expensive? Or where, where she was in Maryland, they had Montessori programs uh, offered by public assistance. So. Uh huh. Wow. No, yeah, she was. She was so I happy about that. Don't know. Um, um, I don't know. I I gave any, any uh, schools I, here. I I gave a uh, a workshop at a Montessori school in Henderson, um, and I did actually um, go back and do a demonstration for one of the teachers um but that's the only connection at this point so i couldn't even say um but like our school uh i got state funding for that um and it's still going the state funding um so that people could participate uh without having any money to put into it so that was good is that for is that for the workshop for the oh no workshop? that was that was that uh the montessori school in california but okay. they may have something like that here in nevada that i don't know or about. even you can uh, maybe we could apply for it if, if uh uh onka was interested in that uh-huh but you know yeah, the charter school system here. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you know if Nevada has any kind of a preschool part of the charter school system? I don't, Leslie? I really don't know. You could get in touch with Patrick Hickey, see what's going on. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, maybe Wendy's a good, well, you know, Onka herself could, could connect with Patrick. Yeah. Uh, little Riona is four years old now, mm. and uh, she's in a regular preschool, but they're really wishing that there was a Montessori around. Yeah, my boys really enjoyed Montessori, and they were young. Oh, nice. It's in uh, Alabama, yeah. and the next town over oh. there. There was a mom, and she she just uh, she was a Montessori teacher, and she had some kind of building across from her house, and she had us all go over there. So that was fun. Wow, oh, nice. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I always I volunteered. My my younger stepbrother was in a Montessori school, and my both my mom and stepdad were teachers, so they had to stay till like five o'clock for meetings, and I was in a uh, mid-high it was ninth grade and so I'd walk over to the Montessori school where my little brother was and I'd just volunteer for two hours <laughs> most most days of the week so that was so and then, then they'd take me on their camping trips with them and stuff and I would help out and stuff so it was nice kind of learning to be an aide. <laughs> 
we haven't heard much from Barda. She's been... I know. I was noticing. Yeah, I was thinking long, the same thing. Adding, so you know, you must I have did. experience. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, you may not know, but um, Barda unschooled all her kids and figured out she spent 26 years altogether in an unschooling situation. And she oh, gave awesome. us a little bit of stories last time. And, and yeah, so I did that for 26 years. And then, and then I started um, working in the school system first in food service. And then for the last three years as a para, specifically a special needs para, but with this pandemic, um, I've been working with a biology teacher, trying to get teenagers that didn't want to be in school anyway to do work online. Oh, wow. Oh, challenging. So, so it's, it's, it's um, very interesting to see how broken the system is. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, like I knew it was broken. That. I knew it was, but to actually see that it is. And, you know. Yeah, I noticed, um, well, when the most glaring situation that I was in was one day I substituted in a kindergarten and they were supposed to do whatever the teacher, you know, whatever worksheets or whatever the teacher left. And to see, because these, this was my group, you know, this, this, I, I related to so many of children this age and to see how ridiculous it was to be set up that there is this one lesson and everybody gets it the same way and either you do it or you don't. And it, it just, it made no sense at all. Not at all. It gets more covered up with the older kids, um, but it's there. Yeah. It's there. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not much to anyway. do with one way or the other. What? Not much to do with trust, one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Oh well, That's I, what... I called. I called a couple of the, the kids that I work with. Um, well, because about a month ago, our principal said, "Now, don't. I want everybody to stop calling the parents and the kids because they're getting like seven or eight calls a day." And I thought. Wow, okay, how am I supposed to get, and then it dawned on me, well, you know, I'm calling all these kids on their cell phones anyway, so I'll just send them a daily text. And so this one kid said, oh, yeah, I will work with you on such and such a day at 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock came and went that day, and I sent him a text, and I said, you know, you gave me your word. You said 2 o'clock on this day, and you gave me your word, and it's broken now. And by God, he got back to me and he said, okay, let's do it. Wow. I don't think anybody really says to these kids, no, you gave me your word. You turn in your homework or whatever it is, you know. Mm. But I, it blew me away that it actually worked, you know. But then I, I see these kids 
differently than than their teachers see them. You know, I teach, mm -hmm. I, I look at them as, as people, you know, just as equal as I am. Like, I don't expect them, yes. and I don't want them to call me Mrs. Allen, because Mrs. Allen was my mother's name. And even though she's been gone and buried for like nine years, she was Mrs. Allen. And and I I connect with kids as equal to me. And so if I'm going to call them by their first name, then they can call me by my first name. Yeah. You know, they're, it's it's right. still respecting. You know, I'm respecting them and they're respecting me. They yeah. don't need to call me. I mean, some of them, you know, they, they can't even call me Barta. They'll call me Mrs. Barta or Miss Barta. It's like, well, okay, but, you know. Yeah, they well. called me Karen, the little ones. Yeah. Yeah, because that's yeah. just how we did it. So I didn't. Barta. I, oh. Yes, go ahead. Oh, oh I, I taught school in Brazil for about 15 years. and. Uh, yeah, they call they call each other aunties, you know, Tia or oh, okay. professor, yeah. professor or Tia. But um, I think when you when you talk to that student and you said, you know, you gave me your word, I think it was probably pretty shocking for him, like edifying that his word had meaning. Ah, that right. That people well thought, thought. That, that means something. You know, you you you. I I value what you say. Right. You know? I trusted you. Yeah. 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 Wow. It's very nice. edifying that somebody's right. actually paying attention. Well, really? You mean, huh? Interesting. Well. I, I made a commitment, but I was important for you enough for you not to forget about me, kind of thing. Right. Very yeah. nice. Yes. So. Yeah. You know, because I, I granted these 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 teachers, you know, they've been teaching for umpteen years, right? And so every kid just sort of becomes the same as the next kid, mm. you know? Yeah. And, and, and that becomes especially true if you've, if you've worked with, if they've had whatever kid for like four years, and then they get that sibling, that oh. sibling of that kid. <laughs> and then they react to the sibling the same way that they did to the previous kid when they're totally separate children right so, and, and well, that, starts, that starts when they're kindergartners yeah in the public school so yeah yeah um we're gonna have to close for today we're gonna have to take this up next week karen all right <laughs> <laughs> let's do it okay okay Good topic. Great. Thank you. Okay, thank, thank you, you so much for being here. Thank really you enjoyed it. Okay. Sure. And hey. I'll see you uh, next time. Okay? Oh. Next week. Great. Sure. Sounds Great. good. All right. All right. Okay.